Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday morning to you. It is January 24th. It's getting really hard to believe we're coming to the end of the month of January, but, you know, that may just be me. Let's begin our day together in prayer with our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we're going to be uh, very delighted to speak with Father Jeffrey Kirby. Uh, Father Kirby, as you know, has been with us almost weekly for the past I would imagine at least a year. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but I mean quite a bit over the past year, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, Sad to say today's going to be one of the last regular interviews we're able to do with him. More on that later. Uh, It's all good. It's all good. It's, you know, he's a priest busy at his parish, and that's, uh, you know, I I say all the time that our first vocation should be our first vocation, and so it's it's kind of hard to argue with that, Um, but we're very excited about that. So we're going to give Father Kirby a little extra time on the show today the catechiz, the daily dose of encouragement, and more. So let's go to Mike Roberts now. Today is the memorial of St. Francis de Sales, bishop and doctor of the church. Born in 1567 into a noble family in Switzerland, he was the oldest of six sons and from an early age had a desire to serve the Lord. However, his father wanted him to follow in his footsteps and then go into politics. Francis earned a doctorate in law and theology by the time he was just 24, and he also prayed, constantly keeping his devotion to himself. But the Lord had a way of making his call to Francis very clear. One day, Francis fell from his horse three times, and each time his sword and scabbard dropped to the ground in the shape of a cross. Finally, his father gave Francis his blessing, and he began his journey to become a priest, being ordained in 1593. It was the time of the Protestant Reformation, and Francis lived near Calvinist territory. He began an expedition to bring them back to the Catholic Church, traveling the countryside in bitter cold temperatures, writing pamphlets to explain the true Catholic doctrine, and then slipping those under doors. In just three years, Francis brought some 40,000 people back to the church. In 1604, Francis was made Bishop of Geneva. Then he met Jane de Chantal, and together they helped form the Order of the Visitation. In 1608, he wrote an introduction to the devout life for lay people, advising those busy in the world to enter into the solitude of your own heart. By turning your eyes to God in meditation, your whole soul will be filled with God. Begin all your prayers in the presence of God. Francis believed the truest test of prayer was a person's actions and that the worst sin was to judge someone or gossip about them. He died in 1622 after giving a nun one final last word of advice. Stay in humility. He is the patron saint of journalists. St. Francis de Sales, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. 
Here's a catequiz question for you this morning. In what two books of the New Testament can you find the Lord's Prayer? In what two books of the New Testament can you find the Lord's Prayer? I'll give you a clue. They're both Gospels. And the answer is in Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6. Now, the uh, setting Matthew chapter 6 is probably the one we are most familiar with. But in Luke chapter 11, uh, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. That's in Luke. And then in Matthew, uh, you know, as I said, we are most familiar with the way he teaches us to pray. Our Father who are in our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And do not subject us to the final test, but deliver us from the evil one. That's Matthew chapter 6. So two places in the gospel we find the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that if you're not praying it every day, you should be praying it every day. And here's the best part. If you're praying your rosary every day, you're praying the Lord's Prayer every day. If you're praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy every day, you're praying the Lord's Prayer every day. And you can pray it outside of those as well. We're going to take another break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, we'll be joined by Father Jeffrey Kirby. Stay tuned. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. You know that I always love speaking with Father Jeffrey Kirby, pastor of Our Lady of Grace in Indian Land, South Carolina. I'm sad to say this is going to be one of our last regular interview with Father, but he's going to be on the show in the future. Don't you worry about that. We'll make sure of it. But we're talking with Father Jeffrey Kirby on this Tuesday morning about his new book, A Journey to Mount Carmel, a nine-day preparation for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady. Father Kirby, good morning to you, and thank you for being with us again. Good morning, Adam. It's always good to be with you. Now, we've talked about the brown scapular before. We've talked about Our Lady of Mount Carmel before, and and we're going to have a little refresher here this morning. But what we haven't talked about is a nine-day preparation. And, you know, from my understanding of the scapular, especially after the last time we spoke, there's really not much official preparation you have to do. You pretty much just have to decide you want to be invested in the scapular and then live the life that's required of it and go to a priest for a blessing of the scapular and enrollment. And yet preparation for things is helpful because sometimes, Father, I don't know if you've ever done this, I say yes to things and I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And if only there would have been a period of preparation, maybe, just maybe, I'd had a, I would have had a better yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, to, to highlight how, you know, spiritually important it could be in terms of being invested in the scapula, that it can help any baptized person to deepen in what we received at baptism, our, our adoption in Jesus Christ to God the Father, and, and that preparation, because, you know, the investiture can be as much as we make it or as little. So to your point, there's no official uh, preparation, but I will say that more and more people, you know, reaching out and saying, well, if I have to do 33 days to prepare for the Marian consecration, shouldn't I do something to be invested in the Brown Scapular? And, and more and more that, that kept coming up. And I thought, well, you know, if the people of God are asking for this, let, let's see what we can do. And, and of course, the spiritual treasure of the church is vast. So I just kind of poked around a little bit and I thought, you know, one thing that doesn't get a whole lot of attention are our six baptismal promises. Uh, we renew those every year as believers uh, at the Easter celebration. 
And it's a reminder to us that the three renunciations, we renounce sin, the lure of sin, and the evil one. And we affirm our belief in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And these six baptismal promises are, are really important. And yet, uh, more and more, I think, in just in terms of regular Catholic life, they get forgotten. And, and maybe perhaps some people, when they hear baptismal promises or baptismal vows, people may not even realize what I'm talking about. And so I said, let me retrieve this and then kind of take these six promises, stretch them out a little bit over nine days. I only chose nine because of the traditional novena. We, we recognize that as Catholics. And to stretch it out and thought, okay, we, we can do this. And, and I'll tell you, Adam, also one of the reasons or one of the things that inspired me with this is, you know, when the, when the Second Vatican Council addressed pious traditions, it said that the shepherds of the church were to place the pious traditions within the context of the Paschal mystery and show their connection to the, the liturgical year. Now, regrettably, what happened after the council is a lot of people misinterpreted what Vatican II said, and they threw all the sacramentals out. You know, the pious traditions, so processions, novenas, rosary, scapulars, they just threw them all out. That's not what Vatican II said. It said, no, teach the faithful, and especially in terms of the Paschal mystery. So, so I was thinking about the scapular and the preparation. I thought, well, let's go back to the Paschal mystery. When, when were we incorporated in the Paschal mystery, become a part of it at our baptism? So all that kind of came to this nine-day preparation. Now, earlier this morning, we were making coffee in the studio, and uh, someone, oh, we have Carmel coffee today. I said, oh, I'll be talking about Our Lady of Mount Carmel uh, later this morning. But two different, very different things. When we talk about Our Lady of Mount Carmel, we're not talking about sugar that's been caramelized in the pan, as delicious as that may be. Uh, tell us a little bit about Our Lady under that title, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Yeah, so it's interesting because early in the Christian tradition, we had these hermits that felt called to Mount Carmel. So in the Old Testament, uh, very much Carmel was a sign of God's presence, a, a place of waiting and listening to God. And in our tradition, early hermits, early in our tradition, uh, began to assemble around Carmel, because Carmel is actually a, a mountain range. Uh, when we say Mount Carmel, we think of just one mountain, but it's actually a, a mountain range. And, and the hermits would go there, and there are powerful accounts of the early Carmelite hermits having visions and messages and uh, spiritual um, uh, gifts given to them from Our Lady. So much so that these Carmelites began very early on to place themselves under the patronage of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So it was Our Lady's visits, you know, spiritual visits, apparitions, and so on, that eventually led to this devotion. And then that pretty much was, was a, a devotion within the Carmelite community until the hermits were called to become friars. Uh, because of the needs of the church. So friars are like Franciscans, Dominicans, and and the Carmelites. And then that's when the Carmelites left Carmel and began to bring the spirituality all throughout the church. And that's where most of us became familiar with this powerful, beautiful, ancient tradition and spirituality of Mount Carmel. And, and of course, Our Lady is there. Uh, in fact, one tradition actually calls her Mount Carmel because the presence of God, the waiting of God, you know, the listening to God, who did that better other than Our Lady of Nazareth, right, Mary. So, um, so yes, in many ways, there's so many layers in terms of her connection to Mount Carmel. Now, when we think of the scapular, I remember the first time I learned that actually in the religious habits of several of the monastic orders, the Benedictines, the Carmelites, uh, and the Dominicans, so on and so forth, they have a fabric that drapes down the front of their habit and the back, and you're like, well, what's that? That's just, is that, it's not a cape because it's going down the front. And they said, no, that's our scapular. And I thought, wait a minute. Now, I thought the scapular was a little piece of cloth with the two bands that you get at the religious supply store, and then you wear that. 
And uh, I started wondering which came first here. And I have a feeling it was the monastic scapular first. (laughs) And then the laity were invited to take on some of that charism in our life by wearing, you know, not a full scapular, but this small piece of cloth, um, two, you know, two pieces attached with two strings. Um, Could you give us a little background on the brown scapular, what it is, why we wear it, and what we're committing to if we decide to be enrolled in the brown scapular? Yeah, so it's interesting, you know, in in our faith, we always have the practical as well as the spiritual. So early on, uh, the scapular actually started as a kind of apron to cover the original habits of religious. So friars, monks, sisters. So it was basically work gear. So they put it on when they were working so that their habit itself would become stained. And eventually it was merged into the habit and then Our Lady, of course, with the Carmelite, she elevated it to a great spiritual gift. And I kind of think it's interesting if you know the history, because you can imagine of all the things Our Lady could give to St. Simon Stock, to the Carmelite order, she gives this uh, the scapular. So you can imagine, like, she gives it to, to the Carmelites and says, okay, now here, uh, work harder. Because <laughs> you know I mean? like, it really is work here. And, and so, uh, and, and and you got it over time, the, the baptized said, well, we want to share in this spirituality. So the lady eventually took on a very modified version of the full scapula that is worn by religious, by the Carmelite fathers and sisters. So I always like to say that our, our scapula that we wear is a reminder to us of, of this beautiful Carmelite spirituality. Our call to, to, to wait and to listen to God reminds us of our consecration to Jesus Christ. And the scapular can be a great help in many ways. But, but that's how we got our modified little scapular from the religious scapular. Now, one of my favorite things about the the modified little scapular that we wear, it's two uh, rectangles of wool with an image. One has an image of our Lord and one has an image of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And it's similar to a necklace. There are two bands that hold them together. One drapes over your, uh, I guess, right below your neck, one on the top of your back. And if you've ever worn wool before without something between wool and your skin, you know how just how pleasant that can be. And and that's intentional. It's supposed to be a little, not a nagging, I'm not going to say Our Lady nags us, but a little prompting throughout the day, a, a reminder for us that, hey, you're wearing this and, and you've committed to certain things here. Yeah, so, and I'll tell you, Adam, what's great is when you wear a scapular long enough, it kind of gets faded down, so which is great. And then inevitably a scapular will break or, or have to be replaced. And you get a new scapular and the whole experience starts over. It's like, ah, oh, you just want to scratch, you know, and people are like, <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> you know? So what it is, it's supposed to be, you can imagine almost as a as a very modified um, version of the old hair shirts. Just a, a small discomfort to remind us of, of the cross that we're called to carry. A reminder to us that we can offer of all of our sufferings, certainly greater ones than a small irritation uh, to our Lord uh, to be offered to the Father. So again, a, a small way is just reminding us of our vocation. And, and Adam, I, I tell people in a secular world, my goodness, we need all the help we can get because we, you know, we walk out of our homes in the midst of society and we're told by society, God's not real. There is no moral truth. Prayer you know, has no power. And we have to remind ourselves as, as believers that those are all lies and remind ourselves of the truth. And, and the sacramentals are a great help to, to us. And I think the scapular in particular. <laughs> 
Yeah. With each passing day, we're getting closer to Ash Wednesday, and I always love that paradox between the gospel on Ash Wednesday. You know, when you pray, go to the inner room. When you fast, don't let anyone know you're fasting. But when you go to Mass on Ash Wednesday, get a big cross on your forehead of ashes. <laughs> but the, the scapular, I mean, this really fits in with that gospel. This is not something that we wear over the clothes as a pious display. Look at how holy I am. I have devotion to Our Lady. It's really just for us to remember throughout the day that we have committed to a life of holiness as the Blessed Mother wants us to do, as her son calls us to live. And and I love those little reminders, um, you know, oh, I'm noticing my scapular. I want to itch. Good time to just say a, a brief prayer. I mean, uh, we've been talking a lot on the show recently about those aspirational prayers. My favorite, Jesus, yeah. Mary, and Joseph, I love you, save souls. It's like, oh, I itch. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I love you, save souls. It's a great opportunity for us. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the fact that it's over our heart as well. So it, it just, you know, yeah. it all just lends itself to, to realizing God's presence and, and offering up those small prayers. Like my, my favorite is Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us, you know, or with the, with the brown scapular, just, you know, right over the heart say, Lord, make my heart a caramel for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are beautiful ways that we have set ones, but also I tell people, you pray whatever you want. Cause sometimes people get nervous. They say, well, I couldn't remember what it was. There's, there's no wrong way to pray. <laughs> you know, it's just, Say whatever you need to say, and the, and that small scapula can be a reminder to us of, of that call to prayer. All right, now let's look forward to the end of these nine days, because I like to be prepared in advance. I'll, I'll get the book. I'll go through each of the nine days of preparation, taking us through the baptismal promises and, and getting us ready. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have my scapular that I'll f- acquire from the religious goods store. I mean, pretty much any Catholic bookstore, you can find them. And if not, go online, you can order a scapular. Uh, what do I do then to be invested in the scapular? Yep, yep. yep. So first I'd like to mention that, of course, anyone can be invested, any baptized person. So if someone's not, they can start the preparation. But also I want to remind people that for those of us who have been invested in the brown scapular, uh, we can devotionally renew that. So if there's someone who's saying, I, I'd like to do something uh, to kind of just go deeper in my discipleship, this could be an opportunity for them too, even if they've already been invested previously in the scapular. But I'd say the first thing you do is, is go to the appendix and find a holy day in which you want to be uh, invested, and then make sure you block out the nine days. Uh, try to find a priest that you know will be available for you to, to do that. And then and you want to make sure the priest is available. And then you start the nine-day preparation. And then at the end of the nine-day, right in the book is, is uh, the ceremony. And you can bring that with you. Um, the priest may have it. You can check with him. But if not, you can bring it with you. And then the priest will just you know invest, give the blessing. Uh, usually there's some use of holy water. And that's it. The, you're, you're invested in the brown scapper of Our Lady. Wow. Incredibly simple and yet incredibly profound and great implications for us in our spiritual life. Well, the book, if you want to make this preparation, is A Journey to Mount Carmel, A Nine-Day Preparation for Investiture in the Brown Scapular of Our Lady by Father Jeffrey Kirby. And uh, Father Kirby, I've asked you to do this many times before. It's my pleasure to ask you again if you could close our time together with a, a prayer and a blessing for our listeners. Yes, my pleasure. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he let his face shine upon you. May he grant you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, you've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this.
This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is sharing with us about a saint who has quickly become one of my favorites, and that's St. Francis de Sales. Patty, what do we have to look forward to today? Well, yesterday we just talked about his life in general and how he is the patron saint of the Catholic press, which I thought was wonderful, and how he promoted this whole idea of this universal call for holiness for everyone, not just priests and religious, but you and I are called to holiness. And of course, that was emphasized again in Vatican II. However, what I really found about St. Francis de Sales that I loved were his prayers. And I love the fact that our church preserves the prayers of the saints and hands them down to us. And so I'm just going to share with you some of my favorite prayers from St. Francis de Sales. The first one is his act of abandonment. Let's pray this one together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh my God, I thank you and I praise you for your accomplishing your holy and all-lovable will without regard for mine. With my whole heart, in spite of my heart, do I receive this cross I feared so much. It is the cross of your choice, the cross of your love. I venerate it, nor for anything in the world would I wish that it had not come since you willed it. I keep it with gratitude and with joy as I do everything that comes from your hand, and I shall strive to carry it without letting it drag with all the respect and all the affection which your works deserve. Amen. Favorite part of that prayer for me is telling God, committing to God, that we want to carry our cross with gratitude. We actually want to keep the cross, whatever little tiny bit of the cross of suffering that our Lord allows us to carry, that we can keep it with gratitude and joy and how we hope that we don't drag it. I loved that image. So maybe today you're thinking, yeah, I'm dragging my cross. Let's pick it up. Let's actually embrace it as St. Francis de Sales has taught us. I think of that hymn, Take Up Your Cross, the Savior Said, and nowhere in the hymn do we hear, Drag Your Cross, the Savior Said. <laughs> and I think we have St. Francis de Sales to thank for that, Patty. Thank you for today's wonderful encouragement. Don't look now, but we are four weeks and one day away from the beginning of Lent. And so we have some prep work to do. And part of that uh, every year is getting ready for the annual 40 Days for Life campaigns that happen across the country. There is one that's going to be taking place in Granite City, right on the uh, Illinois side of our listening area, not too far from downtown St. Louis. And there is an informational meeting tonight about this prayer campaign, 40 Days for Life. For more information on the informational meeting, <laughs> there's a sentence for you. Uh, you can visit 40daysgc.com. That's 40daysgc.com. And at the meeting tonight, it's at 6.30 p.m. They're going to cover what it means to adopt a day, to take on that responsibility of prayer, and um, so much more. So for more information on that, again, 40daysgc.com. And I just want to point out one thing as we've been prepping. Uh, we're going to be having a conversation with Joan Kane later this week about this. Um, they have a note on their website about prayer and fasting, and I want to read this to you. Christ told us that some demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. The two go hand in hand. Prayer keeps us rooted in the fact that it is our desire to carry out God's will. Fasting is a sacrifice that helps us reach beyond our own limitations with God's help. Fasting is not a Christian diet. It is a form of physical prayer. 
You can fast from food, TV, alcohol, or anything that will challenge you to stay focused on prayer and loving sacrifice for the unborn. I want to throw in with that, I had a fascinating conversation the other day with a religious sister who's a medical doctor, psychologist, about the neural changes that happen in our brains when we become addicted to our smartphones and to our TVs. And uh, so I really want to push you, not just fasting from food, fast from food. That's tried and true. Let's stick with the tried and true. But push yourself to give up that phone. Fast from that phone. It's going to be harder than you may think, and that's a great opportunity to go deeper in prayer with our Lord. So that's what we've got. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, leaving you with probably the most ridiculous sentence I've ever said on the show. The information, more information on the informational meeting can be found. Uh, This is Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. No matter what you do on this Tuesday, do not forget to turn to the Blessed Mother. It's the day we go to her under her title, Our Mother of Perpetual Help. And as she instructed us to do each and every day, do not forget to pray your rosary today.